Hi, my name is Ed Kozell, and welcome to Conversations with Calistoga, a periodic set of podcasts covering events, topics, and people relevant to our community. Topography, geography, and economics leave our town a bit isolated, so hopefully this series will add some color to our landscape and substance to some of our discussions. The hope is that this series takes form and critical mass over the next months and weaves itself into the fabric of our extended community. I'd love to hear your feedback, suggestions, and comments. Send them to Calistoga Conversations, one word, at gmail.com. Again, that's Calistoga Conversations at gmail.com. So today I'm sitting with uh, Chris Canning. Uh, I'd like to uh, welcome the Mr. Mayor uh, to, to this, uh, this interview. Thank you very much for your time, Chris. Thank you for having me. Thanks for the interest and the opportunity. Well, let's jump right into the issue of the day, uh, Calistoga <laughs> in the age of coronavirus. Uh, indeed, yes. Uh, um, here we are with March 17th. Happy St. Patrick's Day, by the way. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, we are well into it. Uh, COVID-19 here in Calistoga and uh, managing through the process. Managing. So it, it, it is uh, uh, St. Patrick's Day. Where are we today and where might we be later this week? So where we are today as of this afternoon around 2 o'clock, uh, the Napa County Health Officer, um, with the approval of the Board of Supervisors, issued a health order uh, starting at midnight tonight, uh, so on the 18th. Uh, no groups larger than 50 people are allowed to convene anywhere in the county of Napa. Um, and it is recommended that no group larger than 10 convene. Um, but it will become unlawful for anything 50 or more. Um, and along with that come some other restrictions and recommendations. Uh, if you're 65 or older or have uh, any medical conditions of concern, uh, the recommendation is that you self-isolate at home uh, and moving on from there. Uh, where That's where we are today as of this afternoon. Um, at this point, we have six of our Bay Area counties. Nine counties make up the Bay Area. Six of them yesterday chose to go to um, a shelter-in-place uh, mandate. Um, so they're enacting that as we speak. There is some consideration uh, that we may end up there at some point in the not-too-distant future, but as we sit here today, no. Um, we're a little bit less, uh, we're, we're concerned, but we're not as heavily impacted at this point. Um, you know, First off, we have a much smaller population. Our densities are far smaller than some of those other counties. And when you look at what our uh, confirmed infection rate is relative to some of those other counties, um, the county health officer doesn't feel it's warranted at this point. Perhaps this is a case where our isolation actually uh, helps us. Well, I always joke that one of our biggest benefits is our isolation, yeah. and one of our biggest complications can also be isolation. In this case, it's certainly a benefit. So as of today, there are no known cases in Napa Valley. Is that true? Correct. As of this morning, there are uh, no known cases uh, that we are confirmed cases. There are reported cases, and then those turn into the rumor mill, et cetera. Um, but at this point, we have no known uh, or confirmed cases. Uh, the next conference call that I participate in as far as an update will be tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. We'll get the latest numbers nationally, state, county, uh, Bay Area, and then county, and then city to city. So. And what is the situation with testing kits in Napa County? Are you familiar with that situation? Uh, I am. So uh, unlike what's been stated at the federal level, um, 
kits are not readily available. Uh, it is certainly not the case where anyone who wants a test will get a test. Mm -hmm. um, we are at a point where it is uh, has to be ordered by a doctor. Um, and then you can be tested. So they are not, it's certainly not a case, even on the drive up uh, operations that some counties have, ourselves included, we're starting one up. Um, even if you were to do a drive up test, that was simply designed to take pressure off emergency rooms. But even with a drive up test, you have to have a doctor's order uh, to get the testing done. Um, they're just not, not there yet. And there are several weeks, if not months, off from being able to have them basically in your local CVS or Walgreens and be able to go take one type of thing. So we're just one day into the, the closure, the, the governor's closure of, of uh, restaurants and things like that. Recommended closure. I thought there was a, a mandate. No, the go so the governor's, order, uh, the governor's order on Sunday uh -huh. was recommendation for mm -hmm. bars and restaurants to close. Mm -hmm. Sorry, not restaurants. Bars, tasting rooms, non-essential businesses to close. Um, restaurants, because they're considered essential facilities, um, could remain open with the recommendation that they be at 50% of their normal capacity and that they seat people at least six feet apart or every other table was kind of the good recommend was the, the recommendation. Um, I would say that his recommendations on Sunday were confusing because they were long on words, short on definitive direction. Um, so it left a little bit of a scramble for the county governments to sort that out. Um, so where that still stands today is also where Napa County stands, which is restaurants can remain open um, at 50% of capacity, no more than 50 people, regardless of what your capacity is. Um, and then bars, um, tasting rooms, et cetera, um, while recommended they close, uh, we can't mandate them at this point, can't enforce it. How are the people in town taking it so far, taking this this uh, semi-lockdown? Uh, it varies. Um, f unfortunately, but one of the fortunate results is that this is a community that's been uh, tried and tested on, a multiple, uh, on multiple occasions over the last five years alone. When you just look five years back mm -hmm. between wildfires, evacuations, PSPSs, another wildfire, and now this, mm -hmm. um, I have to say we are very much a hardy bunch. Take it in stride. Um, there, you know, there's the element of the community that wants to immediately rush into chaos and disorder, and oh my God, the world's ending. Uh, and then there's others who take it in stride. Some don't take it as seriously as they probably should. Um, but overall, the the community's been calm. There's been no fights at the grocery store uh, as of yet. There's no run on the banks. There's still gas at the gas stations. Um, but most often what I've heard from people is um, residents, by and large, expressing concern for their neighbors who are older or might have health conditions. Um, CalMart has instituted a, a program where you can phone in your order and pull up and they'll put it in your car or they'll deliver it. Um, but they, CalMart, has been inundated by healthy residents who are offering their service to go deliver those groceries for them. So that's been very, very heartening to, to have that. People just reaching out and saying, hey, what can I do to help type of thing. So is that actually perhaps the best uh, channel for the people who would like to help out is to to offer to CalMart uh, to, to deliver those? Uh, CalMart or through the Family Center. Uh, don't just show up. Call first because mm -hmm. um, at this point they have more people volunteering to make those deliveries than they actually have deliveries to do. Mm -hmm. um, this is one of those where, you know, this is a community that loves 
to be called into action. Um, and, you know, back in 2015 when we had the Valley Fire and all of the folks from uh, Napa County, uh, sorry, Lake County came here um, and evacuated. I mean, this community stepped up immediately and, you know, roll up the sleeves, what can I do? And that's happened in every subsequent situation. Uh, so our, our folks are always ready to be called into action or just run into action, um, which we appreciate. But in this one, this is a little bit different because there isn't a particular incident at a moment in time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I think people are also, they do that because they, they're looking for somewhere to funnel their nervous energy as well. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So uh, if we're... Uh we could we could uh, talk probably on a daily basis about the coronavirus. <laughs> we should do updates. <laughs> but yeah, but let's put that to the side just for the moment. Um, so you've been mayor now for for six years. This is my eighth year. Your eighth yeah. year. Yeah. Okay. All right. My fourth term. So, but it's the first time that we've had a chance to get together and talk like this. So we, um, I thought it, it, I'd ask you, uh, you know, sort of the highlights and the lowlights as you look back on on those eight years. So I've been on the city council's first elected council 10 years ago, mm-hmm. and then two years in ran for mayor, and I've been, uh, as I mentioned, for the last eight years. Um, it has certainly been a, a, an interesting experience. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting being one of my favorite and most flexible English words. <laughs> <laughs> um, the vast majority of the time has been mm-hmm. is extremely rewarding. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a remarkable community that I'm fortunate to be a part of and to have been welcomed into 14 years ago now. Um, but it's certainly not without its challenges. Uh, if we set aside, you know, what we referenced previously, the uh, what seems to be a unfair number of disasters and uh, now plagues uh, that we've embarked upon. Um, we've, you know, had our financial crises as well. We've had staffing issues. We've had uh, business um, continuity issues, etc. But overall, um, we were a community that perseveres. We're a community where I, I will say the vast majority of people that I interact with are just good people who want to live their lives, raise their families, mm-hmm. or retire here and just kind of have a nice lifestyle. Um, the challenging, uh, as with any community, is you know you have a few folks that are challenging. I don't mind being challenged by any stretch of the imagination because um, I think healthy debate and discussion is, is paramount in a, in a democracy. Um, but the folks that tend to be challenging um, for no apparent purpose or is what kind of frustrates you. Um, but again, there's so few of them uh, that it's, uh, it's only randomly problematic. <laughs> If that's a way to put that. <laughs> it's a novel way to put it. <laughs> when, when you look back, what are you most proud of? Um, where we are um, financially. Um, and, and, and that's not to say that dollars and cents are more important than quality of life. But the reality of the situation is the improving people's quality of life, um, providing you know uh, public services, etc., can only happen when you have financial stability. And when I started as mayor, we had 16, maybe $17,000 in our bank account. Uh, we were cutting staff. We were not only laying off staff, um, but also you know cutting their pay, which has impact on the level of services we're able to provide. We weren't repairing roads and sidewalks and 
we did not, despite our best efforts, did not have robust programming for park and recreation for kids or seniors. Um, but, you know, we had to tighten up our belt, bootstraps and belts and do what had to be done. Um, but as I look back on that now, um, the the biggest accomplishment is getting to that financial stability because when I look at how robust the services are that we offer for a community of our size, um, it's very heartening to see that and, and to watch people take advantage of that and and realize you know they have things today that they didn't have to they didn't have yesterday. Um, I'm proud of that the most, and some of the housing projects that we've done developments that more need to happen. So, so you. You talk with a, a lot of people, and and it, it, it seems that virtually everybody loves living in this town. But the there's a there's a, a great diversity of, of why they love living in this town. Or if you ask them what what they like, you hear yeah. many different answers. But because you hear the most, probably, what, what have you distilled from those thousands of voices as as what you think represents the largest population of, of people, why they like, how they describe the, the best qualities of life in Calistoga. Well, first, let me just remark on the fact that there are a few people in town who I encounter who don't like being here and will, are not shy about reminding me how much they don't like being here, to whom I quickly remind them that there's no fence or wall keeping them in and they're welcome to leave anytime they'd like to. <laughs> that aside, um, the vast majority of people that I interact with, and regardless of what your socioeconomic background is, and regardless of whether you were born here or moved here later, um, it's, you know, words like relaxed, caring, approachable, um, friendly. Um, it's a place where people work and live. Um, and just the, the overall genuine concern people tend to have for one another here. I mean, it's when you have visitors coming to town who might be visiting myself or you, one of the things they always remark on, and whether it's me as you know being the mayor or not, someone else, is how everyone here will smile, give a little wave, say hello, even if they're not that familiar with you. It's just uh, with a community of this size, you know, we're small in numbers, 5,200 according to the last census, but also small in size, 2.2 square miles. Um, we're close and we're, and we're familiar with one another. And you know when you can kind of sense when someone's visiting because they don't look that familiar to you. Um, but just the sense of um, uh, friendliness and warmth that people have is what I think definitely crosses the community as a whole. Since some degree of growth is inevitable. Mm -hmm. We won't argue about what, how much that's going to be, but what are the elements of, of, of what, what are the characteristics you'd like to preserve in that growth that, that tie that, connect that into what we like so much about Calistoga? So you have you know, the, the, the phrase I go to, which some people suggest is tattooed on the inside of my, on my eyelids, is you have to allow for growth while maintain controlled and responsible management of growth while maintaining your character and charm. And, you know, when you distill that out, there are elements of Calistoga, that laid back feeling, that friendliness, uh, that small town character, which means a little bit of some, a little something different to individuals. Um, maintaining that while allowing some growth to happen is, is crucial and critical. Um, if you don't grow, we're an organism. If you do not grow, you die. There's no, 
dispute to that. And we've watched other communities where that's happened. Um, we have to allow for, and, and going back as early as 2003 with the last general plan significant uh, modification, we have allowed for and have built into our plans growth. We have not realized any of that growth in the last 15 years. Um, so allowing some growth to happen, smaller footprint of you know facilities, if you will, whether they be uh, commercial establishments or more importantly right now, especially residential. Um, what has to happen, hands down, no questions asked, is in densities have to be allowed to increase. Um, you know, two things happen. It allows for some more housing to be built for people and allows the cost of that housing to come down, um, in some cases, significantly to allow for that. If you don't have a community that has housing that's affordable at the entry level, then families don't start. I mean, if individuals, singles can't come back from college or move here from somewhere else to you know, get into the, the job market here, um, if they don't have somewhere to rent, then you don't have singles. And if singles aren't around, they don't meet. And if they don't meet, they don't get together. And if they don't get together, they don't have kids. And it just becomes this, this spiral. Um, we are one of my biggest concerns for us um, for, in terms of how we are evolving demographically is we are going to end up being a retirement location. And that's no offense to anyone in the retired community. I love the fact that we live in a place that people want to be in, uh, regardless of their age. But you can't thrive as a community if all you have are people who are 65 and older. Um, you need kids in the schools. You need parents to run PTA and Girl Scouts and Cub Scouts and, and all of that. And you can't get to that without housing that's affordable or approachable. I'm glad you mentioned families because, uh, yeah, the aspect of children and things like mm -hmm. that. And there seems to be so much discussion about low-cost apartments, uh, but but not necessarily about you know what it takes to to have a family and to raise a family in a town like Calistoga. The are you familiar with the? You must be familiar with the Palisades uh, development thirty years ago and yeah. how that came about. Yeah. So you, you it's know, a great program. Yeah. In my short time here, there has never been any discussion of that type of, uh, there's always discussion about affordable housing and mm -hmm. lots of different ideas, but I haven't heard any of that class of, of, of innovation. Yeah. Um, it so, seems to have been very successful when you look at, as I understand it, the very low turnover rates of, of those families that, that moved into that development. Yeah, that was a very unique situation, a unique model. Mm -hmm. um, not to say that it's not replicatable, but you know that was a moment in time. The economy was what it was. That land was available, et cetera. Um, with that said, it doesn't mean that that, ty that type of model could not be replicated. Um, you need to have the land first off, and land here is unfortunately is quite expensive. Um, and then you just need to have someone to back kind of the second mortgage type of thing on it. Um, there are models out there, deed-restricted models out there that allow for that. And we're, we've actually proposed or sought out, excuse me, some of those models. Uh, and one of them was being proposed or is being proposed for a particular parcel in town. Um, and you need to have, while you need housing for singles, as I mentioned, you need to have affordable entry-level housing for, for families as well. Um, and that Palisades model was an ideal one. You know, some of the apartment models we're looking at, uh, they're studios, one bedrooms, two bedrooms, three bedrooms, which gets you into 
closer to a family mode. Um, but until we get housing that's in that four hundred and fifty to six hundred thousand dollar range from a purchase standpoint, mm-hmm. um, we, we don't have that. But you only get to that when you allow for densities, and it's. Again, no different, I think, than anywhere else, but you have that complication where everyone will tell you, yes, I understand and appreciate and want housing that's affordable for families, new families, young families. Um, Just don't build it anywhere near me Mm -hmm. type of concept uh, that we wrestle with. How do we as a community um, have the type of conversations? Or if you maybe you lie in bed at night and wish we could learn how to have a uh, that type of conversation of, of, about the pros and the cons and the complications and how to find solutions to these problems. Is, is, there, is there any uh, hope on the horizon for that type of conversation? There's hope for that, and there, there we're a community that has had that in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, you know, having done this 10 years on council aid as mayor, um, I've seen less and less of that lately, and it's unfortunate. And what what we're seeing, or what I'm noticing, is the vitriol that used to be at the the national level is coming to the local level. Um, but you know, specific to the housing discussion, for this to work, people have to have a, a, an open and honest dialogue. Um, I am exhausted by sitting in rooms and having conversations with people who will tell you to your face, yes, we need that housing, yet I know who they are because we're a small community and I'm looking right at them and I know what they really feel, but they won't express publicly. So allow for the dialogue, hear everyone else's opinion. Um, with that said, I will say some of the folks who we had a couple housing, proposed housing developments you know, six, eight years ago, that some of the people then who opposed those are more supportive because what they're faced with is their own families can't afford to come back or their neighbor Mm -hmm. or or someone they work with, their families can't afford to live here. And that tends to change perspective. Um, Some of the biggest opponents um, to our, uh, you know, housing initiatives uh, or at least discussion on housing um, have been from folks who've arrived in the last five years. Mm-hmm. And and I can appreciate, you know, maybe this is where they want to retire and they've got theirs now and they don't want to move on, but there was a community that existed here before them. There was a smaller community before that that has been evolved to create this space and place that you love that attracted you enough to want to be here. Um, but to the housing conversation specifically, the only way this works moving forward is people need to step away from their keyboards they need to get in a room together, and they need to be very candid about what their feelings and what their fears are and concerns. Mm-hmm. Generally, if somebody opposes something, there's a concern or a fear. Well, let's share what that is because some of those can be mitigated. Some of them you know, are exaggerated and aren't real, and others may very well be. Mm-hmm. Um, but until you can have that frank conversation, um, it's just a lot of uh, chatter. So it's just wrapping back to the Palisades development mm-hmm. one last time. My understanding is there was essentially horse trading uh, going on, that the, the city needed some things, and probably the, the people that, that weren't going to live there also wanted to see some things, mm-hmm. improvements to water systems, sewer, things like that. And, and, and the developer was willing to trade. And then, so it was a combination of different things that all came together a moment in time, as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, 
How do we, is there, is there anyone working on getting the, the larger community, not just the quote-unquote special interests together, but mm-hmm. the larger community to have that holistic conversation? What we are finding and what I see firsthand is that the larger community, mm-hmm. they want and they understand the need for housing mm-hmm. and you know, using the Palisades development as an example, but that larger community, the silent majority, which mm-hmm. is almost cliche, mm-hmm. they're so busy out there raising their families, running their lives, mm-hmm. working you know, multiple jobs in some cases, that they're assuming, oh, this is happening. Um, what we find is, uh, you know, unfortunately, the people who tend to be most opposed to mm-hmm. what some of our housing initiatives are, mm-hmm. are folks who have a heck of a lot of time on their hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel very strongly aren't representing the majority of the community. So what has to happen is back to the you know, conversation we were just having is we have to get in a room, we have to talk, um, we have to share you know, what it's like. You know, raising a family here right now, it's expensive, but it's an amazing place to raise kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still one of those places similar to where I grew up where you know, if little Johnny or Susie um, or, or Marta are out there and they might get into you know, little, little kid trouble, the neighbor's going to say, hey, what are you up to type of thing? And, or are you okay to be walking home? Um, it's just a really compassionate place mm-hmm. um, and a great place when you look at the, the opportunities and the programs we have uh, to raise kids. And, and we need that. And we want that. Great. Well, I'd love to uh, uh, discuss the fairgrounds and a couple of other projects. <laughs> but, but perhaps on Let's make that day, a different day. May, yeah. May, <laughs> May I uh, ask you to come back and, and talk I about would that. highly welcome it. Yeah. I, I walk by your studio every day, so <laughs> you can just uh, throw out the, 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 the throw out the line. The line. Bottle of wine at the end of the line will draw me in. <laughs> All right. Chris Kenning, thank you very much. Ed, thank you very much. Appreciate it.